the following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. When Nicole Sandler sits down to do her show, she's the producer, booking the guests, pulling the audio, planning the show, the engineer, running the controls, troubleshooting any playing the sounds, following the guests, and she's the webmaster, writing the blog, posting the podcast, maintaining the website, not to mention the host, interviewing the guests, explaining the issues, giving opinions, and calling out the bad guys, and then you get the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com. Boy, yes, it is Friday, and yes, Marcy Wheeler is here today. I played that intro today for a, a, a specific reason. I, with all that stuff that I do, I screw up every once in a while, and I did it today. So, Marcy and I record these segments in the morning, a morning. Arizona time, because I'm in Arizona now, and she's in Ireland. So there's a big time difference, and she'd like to get on with her weekend, I'm sure. So we do it at uh, 10 a.m. Arizona time, which is, I don't know, six hours <laughs> later or whatever it is in Ireland. Today, we recorded as we do. And when we finished, <laughs> I hit the off button to stop the video recording and I must have inadvertently hit it again. And so it started recording and I realized, I realized the second we were done that there was a problem. It's like, I, I, we weren't finished. I mean, we were finished, but then I, I, um, I, I, well, this, this is what happened. I think. Uh, if I do this, this is what happened. Thank you. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, hold on one second. No, I just hit stop. Okay. I got to figure out how to do this. Edit. Um, make this to a new destination. And that's when I realized. I hope I didn't just lose the whole video. And I video. did. I lost if the whole I did, video. I suck. I, I think <laughs> I got it. Okay. All right. I suck because I lost the whole video, but... In my defense, at least I keep an audio backup. So no video today, but we are streaming on YouTube and Shitter and Twitch and Facebook. So what you'll get is a, uh, a screen grab from the few seconds that we, you know, in the, in the, in the re-recording <clears throat> that I captured. But you will have the audio. And here's the th one other thing that I forgot to mention as we talk about um, <laughs> many ways that you can get the show at the beginning of the interview, which you'll hear in a second. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can turn on closed captioning because that's the thing. So I, I, I apologize. I truly apologize that there's no video today. But... That's okay, because, um, you know, Marcy Wheeler is still here. So, with no further ado, the, through the power of the magic of digital audio recording, here we go. Another week, another Donald Trump courtroom spectacle. We'll get to that. Another news from the week that thankfully ends today as we reconvene Empty Wheel Fridays. Uh, we have a different background from Marcy. You're, you're sitting up. You're off the couch. What's going on? I graduated off the couch. Well, the, the good side is that my foot is, is comfortable enough to sit for an hour uh, without the foot elevated, which is a new thing. But then uh, next week, I hopefully will be, I have, screw, I have a screw and three plates in my foot. So I'm hoping hoping to get some of that hardware removed next week because otherwise it's going to kind of hold up the walking business because the screw's ginormous for a foot. So you can kind of see it sticking out the side. So um, hopefully Irish Healthcare helps me out and, and schedules me to go in and go back under general and have my screws loosed. Oh, my goodness. Well, your screws are all firmly in place, at least, you know, at EmptyWheel.net and here when we talk. So uh, I don't envy you having to go back <laughs> to surgery. But, you know, walking easier, that would be a good thing. So yeah. we'll keep so, up. But I'll probably be back on the couch. If I get surgery, I'll be back on the couch next week. So what day is your, is your appointment? No. <laughs> this is Ireland. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's Ireland. 
and and like there's like I mean we're a wee little country and so the one guy who will do my surgery has to make sure he gets all the emergency surgery like he's the one guy who does this kind of complex stuff so uh it's kind of little country yes okay well we'll be sending out healing thoughts a quick housekeeping item before we get into the 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 meat of the uh topics today um you're now posting these friday episodes at mtwheel.net and i noticed a few people asked about a transcript and i'll look into it but my podcast hosting service might offer that i don't know but in the meantime um you can you know marcy's been posting the the youtube video at mtwheel.net you can also get both a video and a downloadable audio podcast where i post each episode at nicolesandler.com it'll show up on the home page but you can always find a show by the date because that's how i post them so like today's show will be at nicolesandler.com slash 1-19-24 as today is january 19th 2024 so uh, also i work my my stuff like marcy does at empty wheel um no paywall i survive based on listener support so um i hope you'll check out the show i do it five days a week and uh whether you would do it live at five eastern to pacific three arizona time or get the podcast however you choose to listen um again no paywall it's it's like marcy wheel marcy wheeler at emptywheel.net uh posts everything not behind a paywall but depends on your uh, reader support to keep her going so all right that out of the way all right so marcy um this has been just another crazy week this week the first ballots were cast such as in such as caucusing as casting ballots um half of seven percent of you know like some old iowans got together and said let's do trump again (laughs) and and millions were spent for what 120,000 total votes I mean that that was like a thousand dollars a vote it's crazy um and and then they will vote in New Hampshire uh this coming Tuesday so that happened there's Hunter Biden news that we will get to of course the second E. Jean Carroll defamation suit is underway and there's lots more to discuss but I, I have to start with a disturbing story out of Fulton County Georgia now you alluded to it in your post at emptywheel.net on the E. Jean Carroll case. The, the headline is Donald Trump has chosen to pay millions to trash the rule of law that was published yesterday. Um, but so this, this is heating up. Can you tell us what is going on with Fonnie Willis and her prosecutor, her lead prosecutor? Uh, yeah, so Fonnie Willis hired three prosecutors, three private prosecutors to help with this case. One is the, the expert on RICO and um, two others. One, one who is black is a guy named Nate Wade. And Mike Roman, who is who's Trump's rat fucker. You know, you know, you think of Roger Stone, but Mike Roman is sort of he was first to coax and then Trump's enforcer basically against against Republicans. And then he's you, people know him as um, the guy who carried around all the fake elector certificates. So yeah. he's pro, he's being prosecuted for that role, the you know, floating around all the all the um, the fake elector certificates. He's got a he's got a very, as I understand it, a very well respected defense attorney in Georgia and she filed something uh, I don't know 10 days ago saying that Fonnie Willis had inappropriately hired Nate Wade the black prosecutor um, and that they were having an affair and that the payments that she had given Wade went into romantic vacations of the two of them now um, the the Wades are getting divorced so this is a Mm -hmm. nasty Nasty divorce. divorce and and, uh, and and it's sort of like again the the defense attorney is is well thought of. It is telling that Donald Trump has not. No one else has yet joined Mike Roman's filing. So even Donald Trump is not jumping on this argument yet. Um, and it's possible that you know it's possible. Like uh, the, the only people who have come out with data so far is the Daily Caller, which should you know raise questions by yes. itself. And I, and so. Um, it is. It, it could blow up 
in spectacular fashion. I don't want to sugarcoat it. it. You know, like um, people, including BMAS, have have raised concerns about Fannie Willis from the very start. Mm. Um, and and Fulton County from the very start, and RICO prosecutions from the very start, and um, and you know, if in, if in fact this is corruption, then George is going to come after her hard. Now, Brian Kemp, who you know, I, I've, we, you and I have talked about this a lot. Like the the Georgian Republican Party has sort of given Fonnie Willis space to do this in part because. Um, they've been harmed more by Trump than anybody else, and they've stood up to Trump. So I think, you know, I sort of imagine in their mind, you know, some like um, some three martini lunch or something. They sat down and said, "Let Fonnie take him out," and then, you know, it, and and honestly, I think that Democrats would be in worse shape in November if. Republicans chose Brian Kemp to replace Donald Trump, you know, in a in a late um, convention swap because he's incredibly conservative and pretty sleazy and very shrewd, but he's not Trump, and therefore I think that he would bring a lot of conservative Republicans back into the party. Um, but so it could be real corruption, in which case not only. Um, then, then, you know, then people are going to come after Fannie Willis, a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. It could be uh, Mike Roman and his very good attorney kind of taking a, an ugly divorce and, and using it to make this prosecution politically uh, unpalatable. Um, there, there's a there's an attorney in Georgia that I follow who is critical of Fonnie Willis, and he's like, here's the way to, to sustain the prosecution. Maybe just do false statements charges against Trump for the fake electors and, and kind of split off the RICO and, and make it more modest. Or it could just be a big political kerfuffle, right? It could mm-hmm. be an attempt to get race into it, an attempt to slander Fonnie Willis, an attempt to, to, to threaten her. We, we don't know yet. And, and that's why I haven't written it up in more detail, just because I want to see. So she is due to reply to the allegation on February 2nd. Right. And then uh, there will be hearing on February 15th. So it's going to go on for a little while, and we won't know for sure how big of a deal it is. She's also been subpoenaed um, in the divorce proceedings at the end of the month. And so I think she probably took a few days to figure out how bad her exposure is and figure out how to deal with this. Um, but, the, you know, that's far, like there were hints of this that came up before and the, the judge wasn't all that impressed. So okay. that's the story. This could go either way. I mean, it could be a big nothing. Um, Fonnie Willis or someone representing her is alleging that uh, Nathan Wade's ex-wife is colluding with, and I'm, that's my word, with Trump people to do this. So it's a it's a targeted attack. But then again, we don't know that yet. I mean, she could have. Yeah, and, and I don't want to, you know, like, never, never turn prosecutors into heroes because prosecutors tend to be jerks anyway. And, <laughs> and you know, like, um, especially elected prosecutors. So it's just out there. People, I mean, don't get ahead of it. Nope. Don't despair. Don't, you know, just it's out, it's out there. Right. And and I, and because I'm now starting to hear noise about it, I wanted to bring it up with you because um, you seem to have your finger on the pulse of all that's going on. And, you know, it's a question. It, could she have been so irresponsible to hire her lover as a lead prosecutor? I don't know. I guess we wait and find or, out. You know, or, or, I mean, sort of the way I think it may have happened is maybe she hired a very good attorney and they started dating yep. and the timing is all off. Like we really don't know. Exactly. And, uh, and until we do, we don't know what to make of it. Right. So just hold that thought and let's wait to get some facts before we decide what happened when we don't really know. Okay. One thing we do know is that E. Jean Carroll's second defamation suit against Donald Trump uh, took place this week. I don't, I don't know if they're finishing it up today. I know she finished her testimony yesterday. The third day of the trial, Trump was not there as he was the first two days. And you wrote about it basically saying, 
you know, they're, they're, the media is covering it all wrong. They're, they're turning it into the Trump show rather than the E. Jean Carroll defamation lawsuit, letting him uh, have, you know, covering his tantrums in court and his outbursts, and which is just the way he planned it. Yeah, there are two things going on. I mean, uh, I think that the reporting, the, the way in which Trump mobilized his tantrums was was even worse for the fraud case because the fraud case is really damning, right? The fraud case is Donald Trump is a fraud. Uh-huh. All you know, the, this this real estate empire that that all of these right wingers adore him for is a fraud. And had that been the lead news in all the newspapers every single day, it would have damaged Trump a little bit. But every time Trump was in the courthouse, he would throw a tantrum and then and, you know, you like the, the better reporters and there were really good reporters covering that case would cover would often cover the, the details of the fraud on in paragraph seven or paragraph 12 after the six paragraphs of his tantrum in, in Eugene Carroll's case. Um, so this is just about damages, right? Like she, she's suing for $10 million. She's like, you ruined my reputation and you keep, you keep defaming me. Um, and, and one of the telling things was that Joe Tacopina, who is, who, who was Trump's defense attorney and who's very showy. So it's not like he's afraid to represent, like he represents celebrities all the time. Mm-hmm. So he can handle big egos. Um, he dropped off the team the day before the trial, which, you know, like that hasn't gotten enough attention and that we haven't yet gotten the like inside scoop that we got the last time Trump's lawyers dropped at the, you know, at the last minute, but that happened. And then, um, Alina Haba several times, like Alina Haba came back in, uh, two days and said to, to judge Kaplan, who's very not stodgy, but particular Stripes. about his courtroom and right. very, very, uh, very, he, he guards courtroom decorum very, carefully and so she said you know please can we have the delay that we already asked for for the funeral for melania's mother's funeral which was uh yesterday and he's like no i already decided this and you know sit down you've already got your answer and alina hub is like don't talk to me like that and all of the every lawyer who's practiced anywhere in the immediate vicinity of Judge Kaplan's court, courtroom were like, you don't do that oh to Judge God. Kaplan. Right. But, you know, and Haben, Haben knows that too. You don't do that to any judge, but much less this one. And so first she, like, uh, she deliberately antagonized the judge. And then um, she was, and this I think is is par for her, for the course. People, like the lawyers are like, she's actually not a bad lawyer for, for a parking garage lawyer. And yeah. she's she's got, she, like, um, all of the commentators say this. She is she's good at questioning. There are things she does very well. Um, but one thing she doesn't do very well, probably because she's not as experienced on this high level, is um, is criminal proce- is, is procedure. This is civil procedure. So in other words, like she was flubbing how you introduce evidence, right. and <laughs> the judge was was really impatient with her about that. He, at one point, Boris Epstein. Said, right. Wait, so Boris Epstein. Yep. Okay. Hmm? Now the judge at one point at that point said maybe you should need to take a time out and go re-educate yourself on how you introduce evidence in the courtroom. Right. He was, yeah. Uh, and, and this is a jury trial. I think it's nine jurors. So, uh-huh. you know, like th- some of this, not all of it is happening in front of the jurors. And uh, and this is the kind of thing that antagonized uh, the Ruby Freeman jurors. Uh-huh. And that's what ended up with a $168 million judgment against uh, against Rudy Giuliani. Um, but then, so then, and Boris Epstein is there, who's sort of, um, you know, Trump's mad scientist for uh, hating rule of law. But then Trump, like, well, E. Jean Carroll, and this is the first time they've been in a room together for years, um, while she is testifying, um, and this is just damages, so she's testifying about how, you know, she immediately got, started getting threats, how she those threats never never stopped. Right. It's the same old story, you know? Um, uh, Trump would just be sitting there grunting and complaining and um, talking back and, and um, Carol's lawyers were like, can you tell him to shut up, please? And then Judge Kaplan tries to, and, uh, and you know, he says, you, you're not, you, you know, like, unlike in a criminal trial, you're not, you know, you're not 
required to be here. Um, and he sort of says, I'm going to give you a timeout. And, and Trump's like, you just would like that. I mean, it's just, he's, he's a child. And where, so the, the details of the E. Jean Carroll testimony are not as important to my mind as the details of Trump's fraud, because uh-huh. Trump's fraud just didn't get covered. Like there weren't a hundred people in the courtroom like there are for this. And for, you know, I, I think fraud made, it's too much work for a lot of journalists. But um, but the problem is that like people were like, oh, Trump can't keep can't control himself, and and I'm like, no, he controls himself pretty well. Right. This, this is, is all. This is his reality TV role, right? He is playing a role. Um, and the, oh, the really other important thing, and probably related to why Takapinas uh, dropped off, is they had either planned or had okayed a staffer to tweet out of Truth Social these attacks, first on Eugene Carroll and then on the judge. And so, um, it, you know, while Trump is, is staging this tantrum in the courthouse, he's also. Uh, Redefaming Eugene Carroll yes. and and attacking Judge Kaplan, and so you know it, it's Trump basically saying you know I can't I'm I'm bigger than this courtroom. I, no one can tell me to shut up, and it's going to cost him a lot of money, and that that ought to raise you know like that that ought to raise questions like why is Trump willing to? Just um, yep. Why is Trump willing to incur 10 million, 20 million, who knows what the jury's going to do just to make a point? And that ought to raise questions. Like, he's not going to pay this. He's going to find some way like Rudy and Alex Jones not to pay the judgments. Um, And it's, you know, and and ultimately where this heads is somebody's going to finally say, we're going to hold you in contempt. And then, you know, what are we going to like? Trump is staging his entire campaign as an attack on rule of law. And until you describe it as such, you know, so, and so, like, so long as you're titillated by his tantrum, who oh, I didn't mean to be um, poetic there, but um, rather than saying this is a gross assault on rule of law and it should not be welcomed or acceptable from anybody. Um, and... I'm not going to talk about the tantrum. I'm going to talk about the evidence. Until we get to that point, then it's going to continue to work. It's going to continue to drown out not just the evidence against him, but all the other news. And that's how, you know, that's how he's, he's like, I've been working on a series of posts talking about how Trump over the course of, you know, really the last eight years has trained the Republican Party as a whole to hate rule of law. And, and, once you understand that, then this stunt, this reality TV show that he's engaged in makes a lot more sense. He is he is trying to ratchet up the disdain for rule of law more and more uh, with every one of these legal proceedings. And, um, you know, that's that's what he's doing. And, and it appears that he has imparted that to his lawyers, that he wants them to be as unruly and disruptive as he is. Uh, thus, Alina Haba, I guess, you know, her, her firm has already taken in or billed, I should say, like over $2 million for representing this clown. Um, doesn't mean they've but been she paid also, yet. She was, she was the lawyer who got sanctioned in the Florida lawsuit against um, basically Crossfire Hurricane, Peter Strzok and uh-huh. people like that. Peter Strzok and the Durham people and the Durham targets, I should say. And so, uh, you know, she's already paying bills for that as well, but somehow she doesn't care. Somehow it's worth it for her. Wow. So, so on... Uh, on Wednesday, after the hearing, Trump goes out, gets before the cameras, and starts slandering Eugene Carroll all over again, saying the same shit that he was fined $5 million for uh, the first time in the first defamation suit after he had already been found guilty, liable, because it's civil, uh, for rape by a jury. And um, so he didn't show up in court on Thursday. Not that he went, well, I don't know why. Whatever. Oh, that was he, the funeral, I The think, funeral, yeah. right. So he didn't show up in court. But the, um, the prosecutors played the tape of Trump after Wednesday's hearing defaming her yet again. It's like the, the man will never learn and doesn't think that the law applies to him. So it's not that. It's- 
it's, yeah, it's not that he'll never learn. It's that he, he knows. is going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until he hits a wall. And, you know, it's, it, and, you know, who knows where that wall is going to be and what the repercussions are going to be. I mean, look, there is, there is literally no way we are going to avoid political violence in no. 2024. I, you know, that's, that's the one thing I'm certain of. The question is how isolated it is. The question is whether it's like, like we had last year. I remember the guy who shot up the Cincinnati FBI office mm-hmm. and then ended up dying in a shootout with cops, right? That guy was responding to Trump's search. Uh, there's another guy, a Jan Sixer, who's, who's mentally ill, who, uh, who Trump posted Barack Obama's address. Right. And that guy used it on True Social. That guy used it and started stalking Calorama in, in D.C. Um, and so, you know, thus far it's been these lone wolves and many of them mentally ill, but, you know, all of them armed. And uh, the question is where this goes. Yeah. Oh, God. So that, uh, do, do we know if the trial's over? Do we know how long it's going to take the judge to rule on a, on damage or to Jury. The jury is going to rule on yeah. damages. I no. I think that uh, I think they, that today is the day off, and then we, they come back Monday. And okay. I think Trump at least claimed he was going to take the stand, so that'll be lovely. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Anytime he takes the stand, it's lovely. Okay. So last week's trial, because <laughs> this is going to be a weekly thing. It seems like every week Trump has a legal uh, proceeding coming, uh, mixed in with his campaign. Um, so last week it was the uh, the hearing on his claim of absolute immunity. And this one, the judge will rule on because his lawyers never asked for a jury trial. So you wrote, within days, hopefully, the D.C. Circuit will rule that he is not immune and therefore Joe Biden can't assassinate him with impunity, which will finally set up a test of SCOTUS's willingness to rule against him criminally. This ruling, first of all, why is it taking so long? It really isn't taking so long. I mean, it's like, um, I'm, I'm going to say that maybe it was, it's been about 12 days. Um, and so there's a non-zero chance between when we're recording and, and when this plays, they'll have released an opinion. Otherwise, Tuesday may be the day. The, the biggest worry I have is that Karen Henderson, remember, I keep talking about uh-huh. her, that she's creating a delay. Hmm. Um, but barring that, I mean, I think the outcome is going to work. Uh, and then the question is, but it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's not, a, it's not, a minuscule issue. No, no, it's the, huge. The three three judges all approaching it in a different way. One saying we don't have jurisdiction. Another one saying we might have jurisdiction, and if we do, then the merits are go big. And then the third one who says we definitely have jurisdiction and go small. And so that you know they all clearly don't think Trump is has absolute immunity. The question is. There are two answers that both of them, that all three of them have to answer. Like, do we have jurisdiction and, uh, and how do we rule against Trump? Because they, right. you know, they all seem primed to rule against Trump. And then the third answer is, what, where procedurally does this go? Like, because Trump has said he wants to appeal to the full circuit. A non-bank uh, hearing, right? Before it then would go to the Supreme Court. But at any time, um, they could say no to a non-bank hearing, a full panel of the court hearing the case, and send it directly to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court can, can, can not take it. Um, that's one of the things that I sort of heard or read. That yeah, and, and honestly, that might be the quickest way. And... Um, and that may be why the D.C. Circuit didn't just rule immediately. I mean, right. A, you don't want to make it look like you had the opinion pre-written. But the other thing is, these, these aren't simple questions. It is it is a simple question that Trump does not have immunity, but, the, but the, you know, no one has written these opinions before. And therefore, uh, they're, they're not simple answers, even though the, the answer is simple. Right. And, and, and if this winds up being the final statement on this, if there's no on-bank hearing and the Supreme Court says, no, we're not hearing this, theirs will be the final ruling and they want it to be complete and uh, uh, conclusive and uh, irrefutable, I guess. So they'll have to take their time. So it it could come today, but if not today, you think it'll be Tuesday or after that? I I 
don't know. I mean, because we don't know whether Henderson is creating delays. <laughs> There's a lot we don't know, uh, but but you you help us fill in a lot of the holes anyway. Marcy Wheeler is with us, and she is every Friday. It's Empty Wheel Fridays on the Nicole Sandler Show. So this week, as we mentioned, we're the Iowa caucuses. Um, I love what you wrote. You said, after the Iowa caucus, with its anemic turnout signaling Trump's expected victory may shrink the GOP so badly it will lose races up and down the ballot, political journalism instead turned to treating the results themselves as news. Washington Post paid almost 20 journalists to write 10 stories the day after the caucus. Political journalists want to pretend everything is normal. Um, Nothing about this is normal, is it? Yeah, I mean, we should just give up on the Iowa caucus. Like, I, I forget who it was. It was some, like, mainstream political um, pollster, I think, was just like, you know who the winners of the Iowa caucuses are? The Democrats, because they're done with this fiasco. Like, we should not make the Iowa caucuses the first in the nation. And now, be, because of the way things worked out, we're done. We're not going to go back to Iowa. It's not going to be the first in the nation for, for, for Democrats again. And maybe we'll get rid of New Hampshire as first in the nation by Joe Biden not being on the on the ballot and, you know, probably, hopefully still winning reasonably with a, with a writing campaign. Um, it just, you know, it, like I do, no one knows how big the GOP is right now, right? Polling shows that some portion of the GOP will not support Trump and some portion of the current Trump supporters will not support him if he's found, if, if he's convicted of a felony. Right. And so that's, you know, given that he's a lock for the nomination, that's a really awkward position to be in. And I think there are a fair number of Republicans who are sort of like, even who are kind of okay with Trump, who are sort of like, this is an awkward position to be in. You know, like we don't know what's, we don't know how he's going to run this gauntlet of all these legal cases. And we don't know how much of the country loathes him. And we know that Dobbs is not just still driving elections. There was... I mean, oh, we get to talk about Florida. A good thing about Florida is Democrats flipped a state seat, right? They Uh, did. I saw that. That DeSantis won by 11. Wow. So this was a big deal. Um, And one reason why Democrats flipped the seat is because DeSantis was, was, you know, all of Florida. You got two huge politicians in Florida. They're all focused elsewhere. And so, um, and and Dobbs looks likely to be on the ballot in Florida in November. And so that makes the Senate race at least contestable. And then... um, yeah, well, we'll, well see. The, the candidate I mean, is the Democratic candidate is you know she lost re-election to her House seat that should have been yes. an easy win. So and that's who they are putting up. You know, Deborah, I forget her name, but yeah, Castle Powell. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, and then, and, and honestly, people don't know. People don't know how to poll right now because people don't know who's going to turn out. People don't know how, how persistent the anti-Biden effect from, from, uh, from Israel is going to be the, the post-October 7. Um, so people really just don't know. But what, what is certain is that Trump has lost Republicans, you know, three straight elections. And so uh, if I were a Republican, I'd, if I were a Republican, I'd be trying to talk, talk Brian Kemp into the race. But don't don't say that because I don't no. want him or anybody of his caliber to get in. Right. No, because uh, they, they want you to think that it's it's either Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis if something happens to Trump and he's got to drop out but no there is anything can happen politics you know there's a law in the in political life there's a lot of time between now january 19th and november 5th we got a long way yeah, to go it's just this year no one anybody who claims they know what's going to happen doesn't not doesn't anything except except for there's going to be political violence that's you know i i I'll stake my reputation on that prediction, but um, anything else, anyone else who knows what's going to happen doesn't know what they're talking about. So so let's move into politics because now you've told us a lot about Speaker Mike, you know, the little Johnson, you can just, you can just tell, Uh, but it, it seems that he's caught between Trump's very small 
caucus, caucus, and the serious people who know that this continuing resolution, which uh, contains border control provisions that they've been demanding, uh, but Mikey and, and Trump telling him how to think, don't want to, quote, hand Joe Biden a win. The Senate came up with a deal, and it's the best deal they're going to get, and you're hearing everybody say that. It's the best deal they're going to get. And regardless, if if Trump wins the White House, if, if Democrats take back the Senate, or if Democrats hold the Senate, um, they're never going to get anything done. So th- why not take a win? Uh, and But they're all playing politics with this. Well, no, I mean, no. Donald Trump owns the party. Donald Trump will... Um, will sick his supporters out at any Republican who, I mean, uh, what's his name? Good. Uh, Bob, Bob Good? Who is this House Freedom Caucus guy who ousted, who did he oust? Who was the guy they ousted? This is like the third generation where Trump is getting rid of people in this Virginia seat um, because Bob Good did something to get on Trump's bad side. Now they're trying, now they're they're primarying him. And, and, and Trump continues to drive the party further and further to the radical, you know, the radical it's beyond right um, by demanding absolute loyalty and, it, you know, stuff like this. It's like people, Republicans aren't allowed, even the people who are in Biden districts, they're not allowed to make deals because the way Trump and his terrorists in the House work it is that you can't, you can't, um, you can't, you can't treat Democrats as human beings, as the first rule. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. And, and, and so, the, look, if, if the House doesn't come to the party, so to speak, and get on board and pass this thing that the Senate has passed, um, there's a shutdown, like, later today, right? So they, they're doing Trump's bidding. Whatever he wants is what uh, Mike Johnson is, is telling his caucus to do. So do you think there will be enough Republican votes, of course, with Democrats once again coming to the rescue of the speaker? I think we'll get through today. Uh, but, you know, what? Uh, this only goes till March. Yeah, right. It's only till March, so we'll have another shutdown drama, and you know we'll have, and it's all perfectly timed. We've got a Hunter Biden deposition date, which is, I believe, February twenty eighth, uh-huh. uh, and they're still talking about terms, whether you know how quickly the transcript will come out and what have you. Um, uh, the, but but it's like. It, this is the pace. It's like Hunter Biden dick pics, shutdown risk. Hunter Biden dick pics, shutdown risk. These, that's all this Congress has done. Hunter Biden dick pics, shutdown. Hunter Biden dick pics, shutdown. Oh, let's get a new speaker. Hunter Biden dick pics, shutdown. I mean, it's just like, it's, and I, and I do think it's taking a toll on Republicans, on both the politicians themselves. A lot of people are dropping out. Uh, will the, any of those races be competitive? No, probably not. But it, it means that they've got a lot of, newbies trying to run for re-election rather than incumbents. I mean, there are a fair number of Dems too, but um, but it just it's also, I think, it is exhausting anybody who keeps half an eye on politics to this, this notion that um, Republicans have made government so dysfunctional. Um, and, and, you know, like, um, and by some of Biden's policies, which never get enough press, are getting more press. You know, uh-huh. like a lot of the infrastructure things, or um, uh, more local spending. You know, he's going down there and taking credit for it. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we will see. And now, you know, that brings us to the topic that you wrote most about this week. And I know you're doing it because you have to, because nobody else is. And that is this. I, I, I got to say it's a vendetta against Hunter Biden. Am I am I stating that incorrectly? No, and that's the argument. And all the republic I mean, all the oops, all the journalists in D.C. have been trained to treat that. You know, they don't see like I mean, you know. So right, so Hunter Biden um, showed up in December, but didn't testify, and and then showed up. Uh, at his own contempt hearing, which of course embarrassed the Republicans, and then uh, asked 
after they passed the, the contempt motion, um, then Abby Lowell sent a letter saying, oh, by the way, that subpoena that, that you just have been talking about for four months wasn't valid. Right. So if you want to send a valid one now that you have the authority to do so, uh, you know, happy to get one. And the way in which that was reported was incompetent. Like everyone's like, oh, you know, Hunter Biden finally capitulated. I'm like, well, no, he didn't finally no. capitulate. He finally got a subpoena or he's finally going to get a, a lawful subpoena. And the fact that you don't understand that, the fact that like a lot of the, you know, both uh, New York Times and, and Washington Post are reporting that they now have a deal for him to testify in February. Um, same thing. They're like, oh, you know, um, Hunter has finally rene- finally stopped defying Congress. I'm like, he wasn't defying Congress. James right. Comer was being goddamn incompetent <laughs> and you're too incompetent yourself to recognize it. I mean, it's like it's like dumbass squared here that you know, James Comer did something stupid um, and and then journalists didn't call James Comer on the stupid and they're you know, they're all, oh, you know, Hunter Biden capitulated. No, he didn't. He got a, he got a subpoena. Um, and, and all along we, we, we need to restate this again because most journalists are not. Hunter Biden at first was told, come testify. You could do it in an open hearing or behind closed doors. He's like, okay, I'll take the open hearing. And then they said, oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we ne- Never mind. We take that back. Well, you have to testify behind closed doors. And, you know, his side is saying, well, no. Uh, well, he'll t- and th- so he shows up at the contempt hearing ready to testify. And then when one of the members, one of the d- Democratic members of the committee said he's here he'll tell how about look why don't we put him on the the stand now and not one republican hand went up so actually i think two did oh did they um, okay they were off camera so i'm not Uh, sure who they were (laughs) but yeah like and 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 what i mean there are two things going on is um all these journalists, and, I, and when I say all, I mean all with the possible exception of Phil Bump is the only other journalist I know who gives routinely, uh, I think, responsible reporting on this story. Okay. They all are like, oh, my God, like Hunter Biden is sunk unless he gets a plea deal. And, um, and uh, this is so um, they, the prosecutors on Tuesday released their responses to his motions to dismiss. And, you know, I, I say all the time, Hunter Bidens are unlikely to work, but there's crazy stuff in the prosecutors. So, for example, the prosecutors um, in the main one, the selective prosecution, um, which I'm still writing on, I'm going to write probably two more over the weekend and um, and then uh, unpack how they have major digital problems with their, with their case as well. But um, they... It's the same thing with dick pic sniffing reporters. They were like very close to the beginning of this main one, the, the selective prosecution one. They were like, oh my God, we found Coke residue in the revolver pouch. And, and, and that, that led all of the coverage. And of course, Miranda Devine, all of the, all of the Murdoch people, they loved it. They loved it. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, this says that you never took the gun out of the evidence closet in the Delaware cops facility. Never took the gun out. You never did that until 2023. And and this argument, this filing, is about whether or not um, David Weiss decided, you know, this, this whole argument is, did Jim Jordan and Donald Trump squeal so badly that David Weiss decided to renege on the plea deal that he had in place and charge Hunter Biden with three felonies instead of doing this diversion, which is which seemed like everyone said this is a reasonable thing to do, do the right. diversion, and it seemed like a reasonable deal, and then um, David Weiss changed his mind, and that's what these motions are all about. Like, is the basis by which David Weiss changed his mind sound? And, you know, so then the prosecutor's like, oh, we found cocaine residue in the revolver pouch. And again, I looked and they're like, we didn't look for the revolver until 2023. And I'm like, dumbass. 
is your argument <laughs> is that we were considering this prosecution in 2021. Your argument is that we were seriously advanced towards this prosecution in 2022. That's what that's literally what their argument says. And yet their big takeaway is we we did not send the revolver. We did not send the gun that we've had in custody or the Delaware cops have had in custody since 2018. We never sent it to the FBI lab. So who and found so the cocaine residue? And it gets worse, it gets okay. worse. Because the other thing is like, at first uh, they're gonna use um, Hunter Biden's book. Well, the book doesn't actually help you. You know, the book makes it clear, yeah, he was an addict, but the book doesn't, the, book, the details about what Hunter Biden was doing in Delaware in, in fall of 2018, almost nothing in there. It's like one half paragraph. Um, so it doesn't actually give you admissible evidence about his state of mind. And plus it's a book. I mean, I, you know, if I weren't writing a day to day on this, I would offer to be uh, a memoir consultant and talk about how recreations in books that are meant to sell cannot be relied on for the truth. But in any case, it's a book. Um, and then I think that they decided they were going to use Hunter Biden's uh, failed plea colloquy. Like he got up there and he said, yeah, I'm an, you know, I'm, I'm a recovering addict. And so I think they're like, great, we've got him in sworn, sworn testimony. And then Abby Lowell's like, well, no, you can't use that because the, like, if you have a benefit from offering and get, entering into that, into that, um, into that diversion, you can't then use that sworn testimony to prosecute him. Like that is, that is the quintessential oh, okay. cheating of a contract. And so they can't use the book because there's nothing really there. They can't use the sworn, sworn plea colloquy. And I think they thought they could get away with it. I'm like, have you, like even his prior lawyers, great lawyers, you're like, you're not going to get away with that with Abby Lowell. So then this other filing that I wrote about, I wrote about once and then I wrote about again because I still can't believe what I found, which is that um, there were all these texts in there and they're like, here's how great our evidence is. Look at all of these conversations he's having with Haley Biden, who we're calling his girlfriend, which is not going to go over well in Delaware anyway. But, um, and Haley and Biden was, was Bo's wife. Right. Right. And, and I mean, it's a sordid thing, but they ended up having an affair after Bo died and it's sad and tragic. And um, but it, but but my guess is there are going to be at least two people on whatever jury you get in Delaware that are going to be pretty sympathetic to the, to the Biden family and especially Bo's widow. Um, and but the, but the other thing is there's this like really tortured paragraph to say, here's how we got these texts that we're about to use. This is our this is how strong our case is. And they go through basically a story of the investigation. They mentioned that they got the laptop. They sort of downplay how important the laptop was in the whole chain of custody. Mm -hmm. And then they say, but we got a warrant for these texts um, to use with gun crimes. And what is certain is that the warrant dates to 2023. Right. Same problem. It's like, right. not only didn't they get the gun out of the evidence closet, but they didn't actually get a warrant to read the texts that they say are utterly critical. And I believe, and I asked, I asked David Weiss's office about this, and they did not correct me, so I think I'm correct about this. Um, they don't give the dates for any of these warrants, but I believe they did not get a warrant for these texts that they want that are their core evidence at trial until after, until over two months after the indictment. Wow. Like, yeah, this is that's... insane. I, you know, they'll be able to get the evidence in probably, although, you know, if they haven't given Abby Lowell the warrant yet, then Abby Lowell will then go back and say, you can't not give me a warrant that I might choose to, to move to suppress until after the deadline to move to suppress. And um, there's like, there's so much of this in this case. And it's like, there's a, you know, the reason reason why David Weiss was willing to enter into a plea deal, uh, I think, was that there are lots of problems with the evidence, right? They're, like, you can't rely on the laptop, and I think that they actually have yet to even begin to conceive of how badly the laptop is for them. Sure. Um, and so then they go, you know, two and a half months after getting getting the warrant, getting the indictment, they're like, I'll, I'll get a warrant for texts, like, but I won't tell Abby Lowell about it until after the deadline's over, and it's like, really? You know, like... Which sure that works. You so know, this, we'll just, this just takes us back to what you started with when you said that Donald Trump is just intent on making a complete mockery of our justice system. Well, I mean, this is David Weiss. This is, you know, 
you know, um, hopefully, I've got I've got two more posts on this because it's all complex, and I keep you know like, I've, but but one of them is I you know I keep talking about and, and I write about this a lot, uh, and unfortunately I'm one of the few people who does, but like ev- every single prosecutor who has testified, with maybe one exception, has said I've been getting threats because I'm trying because I'm not prosecuting Hunter Biden wow. aggressively enough, oh, and um, and and they're you know they're they're it's not just threats it's like they're following somebody's granddaughter Uh, um the u.s attorney in los angeles he's like yeah i used to do organized crime this is just like doing organized crime the threats i'm getting except that they're more racist i mean that's not a that's not verbatim but like you know they're calling him the n-word they're calling him the the latino slurs they're um and and that marshals have been called out to to protect both him the u.s attorney in los angeles and the, the main prosecutor on this case who's now no longer a prosecutor um i don't you know like like the and so then the David Weiss's prosecutor is like, how crazy is it that you think Donald Trump has any influence over this, over this, over this prosecution? <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know, but four of you are on record as saying you're getting death threats. So uh, my guess is that Donald Trump has a pretty big influence on how this goes down. And the fact that like they're trying to play games with discovery, they're trying to keep stuff about Bill Barr away. It's just, there's just too much that went wrong in this investigation and maybe they'll pull it out. But um, I'm, you, you're right. I, I, it is an obligation for me to cover it because no one else is. And right. it's like, this is not what people think it is. No, not at all. Because what they're, the coverage is like all on Fox and right wing media. And then there's you countering it. I mean, I don't know that most people, even most, you know, um, left leaning people know enough because, again, you are the only one covering it. They don't realize that, number one, um, crimes like like Hunter Biden is accused of, like uh, the tax charges, um, he paid his taxes, and that's not been made very clear publicly. And when somebody makes good on back taxes that they were late or whatever, they're usually not prosecuted. The same with this gun charge. Um, he, he had the gun for what? A week, if that, and we well, had it done for eleven days. Eleven days. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, one of the things the prosecutor did in this in this filing was um, he uh, Abby Lowell's like, look, um, the only time this is used is when there's something else going on, like somebody's a dealer or somebody is um, is dealing weapons right right? so that's how this is normally used or somebody's a gang member or somebody's into violent crime and the retort to that from this prosecutor was like but he lied on the forum i'm like yeah that's that's the crime like that's not an aggravation to the crime that is the crime and i looked and the way in which he said that was an an aggravating factor is by claiming that hunter was doing the same thing as straw purchasers do so like if i'm a felon and i can't buy a gun i go pay somebody else to buy my gun that's what he's comparing Hunter Biden to. And it's like, no, like that dude was not premeditating lying to buy a gun. That dude was like, I'm paranoid. I'm out of my mind. And I'm going to walk into a gun dealer without thinking much about it. Just buy a gun. And that doesn't make it any more legal. I mean, it is, you know, like the the prosecutors didn't even argue, which something that I'd be more... um, respectful of if they did, which is to say the reason we are prosecuting Hunter Biden for this gun crime is because Joe Biden has always been a champion of gun laws. And if, you know, if other people have to be subject to Joe Biden's gun laws, then Hunter Biden should be too. I mean, that argument, I'm very sympathetic to. Mm -hmm. All the other arguments they're making, I'm not sympathetic to at all. Right. And here's the thing. If his name was Hunter Jones, uh, none of this would be happening. That plea deal that they came up with. I mean, Uh, well, there's that. Okay. So that's a whole other White and his of white. Name was, were Hunter Jones. Then yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and and again, you wrote about it as recently as just this morning. David Weiss's indict first, seek warrants later ethic. So there's there's a plethora of information at emptywill.net about the whole Hunter Biden thing, and it, it serves us well to read it so that you know how to respond to the idiots that you encounter in everyday life. Who's like, yeah, but Hunter Biden. And then you can tell them, yeah, but that's all bullshit. It's just all bullshit. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's, 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 
it's just the thing that's like I'm I get that Fox News does this. What I don't get is how reporters are not embarrassed that they I mean basically they're still chasing the same story, Rudy Giuliani. Right. And and how is Rudy Giuliani different from Hunter Biden? They both have tax problems. They both have ugly divorces. They both have addiction issues. They both have are uncomfortably close to a president, which makes all that a problem. The only difference is we know that Rudy Giuliani was hanging out with Russian spies and Hunter Biden. We've got documentary evidence of him saying over and over again, like, I'm not going to do influence peddling. And so that's the difference. And yet the entire D.C. press corps is allowing Rudy Giuliani to set their narrative for this when he's exactly the same thing as Hunter Biden, except he's corrupt. More corrupt. Yes. Well, there is that. Uh, Marcy Willer, we're coming up to the end of the hour. Other than the New Hampshire primaries, is there anything else we, we're looking forward to next week? Um, well, uh, we, we're going to see more with, like today, uh, and I haven't read it yet, but um, uh, Trump has submitted his appeal to the Supreme Court to be to, to get away with being an insurrectionist. A bunch of members of Congress came in and said, you can't take him off the ballot. And I think there are arguments there. Are, you know, they're making a twofold argument. One is the 14th Amendment doesn't disqualify him from running. It disqualifies him from being elected, from serving. Right. Uh-huh. So that could still screw them. It could put them in a position where he'll win and then what are they going to do but um which you know then you're going to have an insurrection again um and then there's the question of whether he's an officer or not if he's not an officer then he loses immunity um so these things are going to begin to to you know snowball effect but uh yeah uh, my favorite of you, so Marcy is still, I guess we call it shitting now, it's shitter, uh, at Empty Wheel and is also on Blue Sky and Mastodon. But my favorite post of yours that I saw this week anyway was, honestly would love if a media outlet sent out a poll to Republicans asking which Trump trial was their favorite. One, rape. Two, corporate tax cheat. Three, bank fraud. Four, stolen documents. Five, stolen election. Six, hush payment cover-up. It still blows my mind that... And, and I forgot Trump University. Oh. So I didn't even get them all in. Right? Wow. But, like, I should do that once a week because that was... Uh, because it drives the nutters crazy to have to deal with the fact that, you know, every... Like, oh, my gosh, Hunter Biden is a tax cheat. I'm like, well, you know... Hello? He hasn't been tried yet. Trump has been tried. Trump organization has been tried. Same amount of money. Um, the, the funny thing that happened this week is Jamie Raskin put together a report on... Trump's emoluments oh, and yes. Trump organization, no one put their name to it, probably because it would be fraudulent if they did, uh, responded and they said, they didn't deny it. They basically said, oh, most of the money we got from foreign governments was uh, from rent. rent right. And that's not in the report. So basically, uh, Trump said, oh, that $7 million you found that I was being paid by foreign gov- governments while I was the uh, president, that's just a fraction. Right. And oh, by the way, we only paid Treasury our profits on the stuff we made from the hotels, not the stuff we made on rent. And so I look at it and I'm like, holy shit, this is confirmation that Raskin nailed it and needs to go back and triple the numbers. Yes, he did. And Jamie Raskin also said, look, before they shut us down, we only had access to two years and only certain of the businesses. Not this is by or far, certain of the countries. They didn't get Russia. right. Right. Ugh. Yeah. So far from uh, a complete, just a tiny snapshot in the Trump organization admits, oh, but there's so much more than that. Oh, my God. It's going to continue to be crazy. And uh, you'll be here for it. And we so appreciate it. Marcy Wheeler, find her at emptywheel.net all the time on the shitter of the Mastodon, the the blue sky. And here, of course, on Fridays or afterwards, you know, I love that you're here Friday because I've heard from a lot of people who say, you know, it's great because I have the whole weekend to digest it and I can listen a few <laughs> times to, to take in all that she told us. It's, it's still amazing to me. Again, the ground rules here, not that we ever said any, but I never tell Marcy ahead of time what I'm going to ask about. And today I asked about a number of things that you have not really written much about and you're still there with the information. And, and I so appreciate it and it blows my mind. I don't know how you keep it all straight. I don't know. But <laughs> We're glad you do. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck at the doctors this week, and uh, we'll see you next Friday. All right. Take care. Marcy Wheeler. And uh, yes, we are forever grateful that she 
joins us. We, I'm speaking of the royal we. Uh, it's just me. And I'm the one who screwed up today. That's why there was no video. Thank goodness I remembered to hit the uh, audio recorder so there's a backup. Bah. All right. Well, we'll try it again next week. And believe me, I, I will not stop the uh, <laughs> recording until we're completely done. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, at, at least there is audio. There's tapes, Lordy. There's tape. All right. It, it, the good news is that the weekend is here. So um, have a great one. Stay safe. Stay, stay warm. Hopefully it's warming up where you are. And uh, we'll start all over again on Monday. That's all I'm going to say right now. I've been, uh, you know, having not fun in the chat room since we were on tape. So, all right. um, Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Peace out.